0: hello howdy this is spur of the moment from lasso digital i'm annika Pelke from lasso digital On today's episode, I chatted with Elizabeth Hockday. She's the development and marketing director of Doctors Care, a Colorado nonprofit focused on providing underserved individuals with medical care and other services that promote health and wellness. We discussed the ways Doctors Care has reached out to the community, as well as the unique initiatives and partnerships their organization has formed over the years
1: doctor's care today looks a lot different than it did when it first started over 30 years ago. We now really serve the whole person. We make sure that anyone who enters our doors has access to mental health care, has access to oral health care, has access to health insurance options for them, whether it's Medicaid or a subsidized plan from Connect for Health Colorado. We make sure that they're basic needs are met as well. So every person who comes in for an annual physical, they're screened for social determinants of health. What is causing a barrier to their healthcare? Is it food insecurities? Is it transportation? Are they having issues finding childcare? And we have staff that will help them find resources in their own community that they can utilize to make sure that they have the ability to thrive and have the best outcome for a healthy life, not just for them, but for their families as well. My position at Doctors Care, I am the development and marketing director. And so basically the best way to explain my role is I work to bring people into the clinic and I work to get people to open their pocketbooks. So we wanna make sure that we have people utilizing our services. How do we bring awareness about what Doctors Care serves? How do we let people, other organizations know that we are available to serve the people that they serve? And how do we, how do we show a need for our work? So whether that's individual donations, foundations, corporations, government, how do we show the worth in our work and in order to keep our doors open?
0: That's wonderful. I feel like um, a lot of people don't really talk about uh, health care and clinics in the nonprofit space. So it sounds like your role is super important in both maintaining the clinic so that it's um, doors are always open <laughs> and that yeah. people are hearing about it. That's beautiful.
1: Oh, absolutely! Nonprofit medical clinics—we're really a hidden gem in the communities. We we exist, and a lot of people don't realize that we're nonprofits. So it's always kind of that. I feel like it kind of gives an extra sense of security that we really are there for the people. If when they hear that we're a nonprofit,
0: that's beautiful. Yeah, we uh, just interviewed a. Founder of a dental practice uh, that's a nonprofit and serves um, the older population. So, like she was saying, people don't often talk about this, and it is more of a challenge to uh, get that funding because it's not one of those really, really often talked about uh, types of nonprofits.
1: Absolutely.
0: Um. Sweet. Well, I guess in the nonprofit world, I'm sure that you are well aware that most people wear a lot of hats in their roles. Um, I guess uh, if you could get a little more into what roles you play at doctor's care and what you've learned from being in this position.
1: Yeah, so I think you really hit that. That phrasing is used with almost every nonprofit position that your title may say development and marketing director, but you are so much more than that. You know, I, I network, I do outreach, I help make decisions or help those in the clinic come to decisions about our operations. Um, I, I always have said, if you work for a nonprofit clinic, you really have to have a passion for the work and a passion for the mission because you're never gonna get to just hone in on one thing and just have one thing that you're doing. It's constantly a learning experience. You're always gonna learn something new and someday maybe you could just take over the whole organization because you've done almost every single thing that needs to be done for the nonprofit. So for my role at Doctors Care, while I'm development and marketing, I, I do so much more than that. I am a social media guru. I, um, am a grant writer. I, a connector, I would say I'm a connector as well. I have to do so much in order to make sure that the needs of the organization is met. I am a sympathizer. I'm an empathizer when it comes to speaking to the patients or working alongside other people in the clinic. I am also uh, a salesperson because sometimes it's a sales pitch that brings in the money. So you may have your title be one specific thing, but you always have to understand that there are so much more than just development. And there's so much more than just marketing. It encompasses so much more than anyone could ever really think of.
0: I, I definitely relate to that. I've worked in the nonprofit space for years. And then even in agency life, it, there's a lot of creeping outside of what your role sounds like, but it's, it's a good oh, yeah. learning experience for sure.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, aptly, it you know, I'm an event planner too. Like you, there's so many different things that you do in these roles. Mm-hmm, for sure.
0: Um, I guess we kind of touched on it, but, um, I'm interested to hear some of the unique challenges you might face, uh, in marketing and
1: development, uh, in the healthcare space. So doctor's care over the past 30 years has been able to instill a level of trust that goes beyond, a typical healthcare system. The local governments and community organizations know that we are a high quality primary care clinic and they know that if they are serving someone who is in need of our services that they can easily send them to us and we welcome them with open arms it's really been a great advantage for us. And it really makes my job a lot easier when it comes to marketing because most of the time when I'm talking to someone there, they basically say, oh yeah, I know doctors care. Yeah. My, my daughter used to, we used to take my daughter to see you. Oh yeah, I know doctors care. My mother used to volunteer there. So we, we have a great rapport within our community already, which really makes it easy for us when it comes to marketing and for development. I think the biggest challenge that we face is when we are trying to bring awareness about our work. And when people hear that we are a clinic or we're a healthcare system, there's always gonna be a bit of fear, especially in marginalized communities. The healthcare system isn't always seen as a trusted source. So that's one of our biggest barriers that we have to navigate through is how to let them know that no, we we are trusted. You know, you're not going to have to worry about unexpected bills, or you're not going to have to worry about not being heard or not being seen. We're here to make sure that you thrive. So I would say that would be the biggest challenge um, when it comes to development. I think. I think for any nonprofit, not just a medical nonprofit, but really any nonprofit, what is appealing to donors really is urgency. So we have this problem, we have this crisis. People want to fund that. They want to be a part of that solution for that current problem. And while we can easily in the healthcare system, especially coming out of a pandemic, how we can easily say there is always a sense of urgency for the work that we do. Trying to make them understand just the sustainability of our work, how even when there isn't a crisis, our, our services are needed. Um, how, how do we go from treating, kind of, you know, we have the saying in the medical field of, you know, do more than just treat the symptom, you know, find the root cause of the problem and have preventative care. And I kind of see that with development as well. We don't want donors to just put a Band-Aid over the most recent crisis. We want them to have that, you know, daily vitamin type feeling where... Your continued support is going to bring overall health and well being to the community. Um, so that's definitely the challenge. I think we do a good job of giving them an opportunity to support the urgency or the crisis while also just showing them this is what we do, this is our impact, and this is why it's important for us to continue the work that we do. And we are able to do that because of your support. For sure. Um,
0: we're, since we're a marketing and fundraising agency here at Lasso, mm-hmm. we always get a little bit nerdy about fundraising strategies that work well. I guess maybe if you wouldn't mind speaking a little bit more about what kind of fundraising strategies you've used in the past, what's working best for you guys right now, anything like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, the biggest success comes from making things easy for the donors, for the foundations, whoever whomever you may be speaking to, you want to make sure that giving to your organization is easy. And we have found just bringing awareness to the different ways people can donate is has been very successful because we're now giving people multiple options and they can choose what they find to be easy for them or what they feel the most comfortable with. So, we have many ways people can donate. You know, there's Colorado Gives Day that happens every year, and almost more than half of the state is already giving on that day. So, you just jump on that train and join them. Uh, the Colorado Tax Checkoff, where people can actually donate to nonprofits while they're filing their state tax return. that's simple, here's the number that you enter on this page that everybody sees while filing your taxes. Just give to us that way and be done with it. It's already extra money you're getting. Why don't you share a little bit of it? Uh, Something that's been really exciting for us this year is that we were selected as a participant of the giving machines that are actually downtown each year. And it's basically making giving like a vending machine. So anyone that's going to be downtown um, around the 16th street mall, this holiday season, they're going to see doctors care and they're going to easily be able to put it in their credit card and donate towards fund band-aids for when children get vaccinations. They're going to be able to donate for, You know PPE the gloves and face masks that keep not only our staff safe but also the patients that we see safe they're going to be able to donate a a routine cleaning for someone for their oral health they're going to be able to donate a counseling session Uh, they're going to be able to donate a flu vaccine For our marginalized communities for our most vulnerable and i can't think of an easier way to donate than be walking around and see this big vending machine where you can just simply you know click in what you want to fund and then you're done and then you walk away so finding innovative and creative ways to make donating easy definitely has the best success for us Everyone's busy. Nobody wants to take the time to write a check for those that still know what a check is. uh, We, we want it to to be simple one or two clicks and we're done. And it's, it's really been fun thinking of different ways to utilize that sort of giving.
0: That's so exciting. I've never
1: heard of the giving vending machines before. (laughs) When I, when I was, contacted about it I actually had to send it to other staff because I thought it was spam mail it's like (laughs) I have never heard of this and but now we're learning more and yeah there were some people on staff that were like oh yeah I remember that from last year and it was made it really easy for us to donate to this organization that's too cool I I'm
0: gonna have to keep that in mind (laughs) I might need a trip down to 16th street mall just for that that's awesome (laughs) yeah um I guess my something you mentioned about uh challenges in marketing healthcare is really building that trust within marginalized communities. I'd love to hear a bit more about um what that looks like for your organization, what you guys are doing to build that trust.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the biggest things is kind of keeping in mind with everything that we do that diversity, equity and inclusion part of our work, Uh, you know, 50, about 50% of our patients are um, BIPOC. So I would let black indigenous people of color. And we understand that research has shown that when you are working with these communities, it's really important to make sure one, that any language you use is language that they use versus what the healthcare system might use. Uh, Two, that the people that are reaching out to them look like them, sound like them, can speak their heart language. And so Doctors Care, what we try to do is put people out in the community that really reflects our patient population. We recently attended uh, an event and our new communications and development specialist, uh, her heart language is Spanish. So she was able to attend this meeting with me and she was able to speak to other people in Spanish. Um, and I think that really gives a value add because now they're seeing someone connected to our organization that are like them, that can speak to them in their heart language, can relate to them. And that's the biggest thing when it comes to trust is you got to be relatable. You know, if we are serving 50% BIPOC and everyone in the clinic are a bunch of old white men, we're not going to, they're not going to resonate. They're not going to relate to the patients as well as if we have someone that immediately sees that English is not their first language. And so they are able to switch and start speaking to them in what they're comfortable with we we're doing all sorts of stuff with like the diversity equity inclusion and so I could probably talk hours on just that but we don't have that time (laughs) that's for next time (laughs) yeah next time we'll cover all of that um
0: sweet well I guess kind of in that same vein I'd love to hear more about uh, your workforce initiative with Arapahoe Community College
1: Oh yeah. So as a marketing and development person, I really do like numbers Mm -hmm. and I decided to look up because we know there's a workforce shortage uh, for the healthcare system in Colorado and across the nation. And obviously there is, otherwise we wouldn't be doing these initiatives to try and help build the workforce. But I was looking at these numbers and from the Bureau of labor and statistics and from Mercer to studies um, that they've done, you know, as of May of last year, Colorado had about 70,000 healthcare workers that are considered in those lower wage jobs. So medical assistants, nursing assistants, home care, home healthcare aides. We have about 70,000 and mercer is predicting that in the next 5 years colorado will lose up to 64,000 in that field i am hoping they're wrong because that is about an 89% decrease in workers in these fields so what what can we as an organization do to make sure that that number is just a prediction and not reality and what we've seen even personally what we've seen is the turnover rate the COVID fatigue the burnout of these positions are very real and very problematic not not just for an organization not just for a clinic but in general that these people are feeling like they don't want to go into those fields what can we do to show them a passion, show the passion for this work, you know, show them what this work can look like. So out of that, we began partnering with one nonprofit organization that does help training and getting people certified in different medical fields. So whether it's uh reception or a medical assistant they they work with that and so we actually started partnering with that one organization and brought in a student of theirs to do their externship and from that we realized hey we can also partner with this other organization and help them continue their education and stay with us as long as possible before we can eventually hire them as staff and then out of that we got approached to work with a national organization that works on medical assistant training. And so now we have one other person that's working with us. And then out of that, we were able to talk to Arapahoe Community College and work with them in their medical assistant training program and start accepting, I think they call theirs apprenticeships instead of externships, but start working with their students We're right down the road from Arapahoe Community College, so it makes sense. So we haven't had a hard time finding students. I'll put it that way. We've been able to fill positions for each organization to have students come to doctor's care, to finish their certification, finish their training and their education on becoming a medical assistant. So one of the great things about these partnerships on helping people get certified in being a medical assistant is that we are a nonprofit medical clinic and we are able to show these people what compassionate healthcare looks like because we are smaller than a hospital setting or some private practices. They're able to see the connections between people, not only the staff and coworkers, but the connections that we make with our patients. And because we're an integrated primary care clinic, meaning that we do the, you know mental health counseling, we do dental work, uh, we provide, you know, navigation work on helping people find housing assistance or, you know, sign up for SNAP or anything like that, they're able to see what whole person care looks like. And they're also being trained in a setting that really sets them up for success, no matter where they go. They know now have the knowledge and the experience to work in another integrated care clinic, like doctor's care, or go work for a private practice or work for a hospital. And they see what compassion can look like and when you can show compassion and passion for the work that you're doing that's that speaks volumes for staff retention (laughs) you know we during the pandemic we really did see a big turnover in these positions and it made us realize we have to be creative we have to think of other ways to help build this workforce and through these partnerships and through some other initiatives to just help with staff retention, we we basically don't have an issue anymore. We're not seeing a big turnover rate. And it really is because of these partnerships and these initiatives that we're so proud of and honored to be a part of. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: I uh, Looking at your website, it looks like it's just so nice to see like your list of partners, like going for so long. Um, I guess I'd love to hear more about other ways your partners have impacted your organization and been an important pillar of uh, maintaining it.
1: Yeah. So I would say from a marketing standpoint, (laughs) when we look at how people hear about us really tells us what what marketing strategies we're doing that works well and what doesn't work well and the majority of the time the way people heard about us was word of mouth so it was working us partnering and working with other community organizations works the best for us when it comes to bringing patients in the door and we really do have those community organizations and those strong relationships that we've built and cultivated over the years to thank for keeping our doors open because without them willing to refer people to us or without them knowing that first we exist, but also that we are a trusted organization, um, I can't, I would say my job would be a lot harder If we didn't have those community organizations out there that support our work and advocate for our work. That's amazing. Yeah, it's so cool to see just how much of
0: the community is involved in this organization. Um, I guess my next question, something that you kind of mentioned, um, the pandemic. Uh, I'd love to hear more about how it affected your clinic and organization.
1: Yeah, I always like to try and focus on the positive. Uh, Throughout the pandemic, there was not one day we had to close our doors. I think that really is because of our staff and the resiliency that everybody had. They, they believe in our mission, they have passion for their work. And because of that, we never had to close our doors throughout the pandemic. And Again, when it came to fundraising, we had a crisis and people wanna fund that crisis. So we did not have a hard time (laughs) raising the dollars needed to stay open. Um, Our CEO, Bibi, she worked tirelessly to make sure that we went after every single bit of funding available, state, national, local. So we really have her to thank for that as well, the, the positives that I see from the pandemic really is that we had an opportunity to look at our organization, look at where we are and look at where not only our community is going, but also what's happening around us. And we did notice you know, the workforce shortage we were able to recognize a need to make sure that that prediction isn't so drastic in the next five years. And we also really noticed a need for mental health support. Just in doctor's care alone from 2019 to 2021, we had an 84% uptick in the amount of visits that our counselor was conducting. That's that's just with our small little clinic in Littleton, Colorado. That is not you know when you think of statewide numbers it's definitely a lot higher. And so through these through recognizing that there was a need, we've actually been able to do fundraising and we're now going to expand our mental and behavioral health program. We're going to be able to hire another staff person that can really hone in on those social determinants of health because social determinants of health is very much correlated to mental health. And we know that when you can treat those barriers, when you can help people get rid of those barriers they have to health care, their mental health is going to improve. So we're now going to be able to hire and expand that program to include that work and then also help support our current counselor in that rise of visits for mental health. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: I am extremely passionate about mental health. I have a degree in psychology, so I love to hear that (laughs) you guys recognize the need and Really aggressive.
1: fantastic! Do you want to come work for a nonprofit then and put Maybe. that degree to work? We're hiring right Ooh. now. Just come on down.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I have a little curiosity about Littleton. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like a very strong community. So I'd love to hear about how your location in Littleton has impacted the type of practice that doctors' care has become.
1: Yeah, so I think we're really fortunate to be in Littleton because that places us in what they call the Tri-City region. So Littleton, Englewood and Sheridan. And just in that area, there's probably 40 plus organizations that are maybe not all healthcare, but are out there with the same mission of just breaking barriers for, you know, the most vulnerable in our communities. And it's really allowed us to be a part of some amazing cohorts and be invited to some amazing events. Even the Inglewood Police Department, we're attending an event that they put on every year that's to help the unhoused. Um, I think it's this Thursday that we're attending that meeting. We're able to connect with people and let them know what we provide. And we really just have this great sense of community and unity in Littleton that I'm sure exists other places, but I'm not there. So I can't tell you what those other how those other places feel. But I, I do like to say or would like to say though that while we're located in Littleton, that is not where our outreach is limited to. Thanks to the pandemic, if you want to say thanks <laughs> to a pandemic, you know, we were able to adapt and utilize telehealth which really helps us break any transportation barriers for the people that we work with. Uh, They no longer have to worry about how they're gonna make their appointment. Depending on what it is, we can talk to them on the phone. We can do a telehealth appointment. We can still give them the support that they need without them physically being there. And because of that, that really has allowed us to cast a wider net past Littleton and that community to Jefferson County, to parts of Douglas County, um, East Arapaho. We've even have helped people enroll in health insurance in El Paso County and in Pueblo. And I think at one point we noticed someone from Teller County had utilized our services. So while we do have that strong sense of community being in Littleton and working with the the school districts um, and in the surrounding areas, it's been an absolute joy knowing that we can really serve anywhere in Colorado and we know that we are breaking those barriers to health
0: I definitely agree telehealth is maybe one of the oh, best yeah. things to come from the pandemic as well as nonprofit funding honestly <laughs> um, yeah that's awesome uh, what is on the horizon for doctors' care
1: so what when, when I think about what's on the horizon for doctors' care when I think about what the future holds, I really think of innovation, and creativity. Our mission is to make sure that everyone has access to healthcare. We never want someone to feel like that they have to navigate the healthcare system alone or that there isn't help for them. It's recognizing the needs of the community and while we may be kind of a a small clinic in Littleton, I really feel that our footprint is much larger And it really is because of the passion that our staff has for the work that we do. It allows us to have that rapport in the community and much larger that when someone is in need, they know they can call us. And for our future, I just hope that that continues and it grows.
0: Spur of the Moment is produced by Lasso Digital, a marketing and fundraising agency with the goal of helping nonprofits raise more funds, spread their vision, and achieve their mission. Our host is Annika Pelkey, our producer is Spencer Hu, and our music is by Sean Hess. To find more episodes of Spur of the Moment or to learn more about Lasso Digital, check out our website, lassodigital.co.